We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. Alright, alright, alright. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode 5 of the Corner Podcast. I'm Kel Dansby. And I'm Andreas Hale. It's, it's five episodes, man. We, we've already done five episodes. They know. They know that you're uppity and bougie and all this. I'm not uppity and bougie, but this is the place to be for your MMA, boxing, pro wrestling talk. Don't listen to Kel, because if you've been listening, you know he's been on a bunch of bullshit the past few weeks. You lying. So today, though, we're talking Mayweather. Pacquiao. Of course. What? Of course. We're going to talk to two amazing guests. After that, we're going to try to figure out how Chavez Jr. is such a bum. Man. What else do we got today? We also have UFC 186, the card no one knows about. Right, but we got we also got to talk about Fight Night and how amazing that card was, and it was free. Yo, it was. Probably better than a pay-per-view. We have WWE, yeah. Extreme Rules. This is a packed podcast. And yeah. we're starting it off Mayweather Pacquiao, yo. Of course. Of and course. we're talking tickets. Tickets. Tickets? Tickets? We talking Practice? about tickets? We talking about tickets? There ain't no tickets. It's a week out. I mean, nobody, they haven't sold a, a single ticket because they can't. Because these, these cats ain't signing contracts. Have you? I've never heard of no <laughs> Yo, like how this. don't you sign the contract? Like, it's been finalized, supposedly. For three months now, two well, months. But you know what it is. It's it's a pissing contest. You know, it, I've, I've been hearing a lot of things internally about. It. It's really about tickets. It's about who's going to control the tickets. But you know, this is the Floyd Mayweather show. But Aram is Aram, and he's not going to kind of lay down. So I'm sure that what what happened was there was a conversation when this fight got signed, and then Bob Aram and whoever reads his contracts for him because he's a thousand years old, 
got to like page like three hundred and forty of the contract. Saw some shit in there that was like a percentile, like a, a minuscule percentile that equated to about ten million dollars because this fight is so rich. And he was like, "Hold up, hold up, we ain't, this ain't going to roll." So, but it's not like the fight's not going to happen. No, nah, it has to happen. But that's what's crazy. Like, it's all about Bob. Like, yo, Bob, you're not fighting, my man. All the all the talk. About, I want to put on the greatest fight in history. Bob, you're not fighting, though. Just sign on the dotted line. Give Mayweather whatever he wants. And let the two step in the ring. It ain't like Manny seeing this money. That's true. I mean, but it's Bob. Bob's been here forever. Bob's been here since, like, the beginning of boxing. Bob Arum probably boxed with Jack Johnson. (laughs) I mean, Bob Arum, some people think he's evil. But I think that's why he lives forever. Like, he's going to outlive probably Manny Pacquiao. (laughs) Yo, he has, like... Ten souls. Like, is that why he's living forever? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm the just many saying. faces of Bob Arum. But, but there's not a lot. Of, there's not going to be a lot of tickets because all the big tickets are going to be bought up by rich people. Yep. So, like. Too rich for me? Yeah, but, like, who's coming to the fight? Like, the, who's a paying regular person who works at, I can't say Walmart because they can't afford it. Yo, but, half the Philippines will be there. I, I, they got to sell whatever they got to sell to get here. They are going to be here. They're going to make their presence felt. You know what they got to sell? The Philippines. <laughs> Yo, they got to sell the Philippines to Mayweather. <laughs> Yo, that's it. Just sell your whole country to money Mayweather. That's put, how, that's put his face you, on the flag. That's the only way it works. That's the only way it works. But, but you know what? I want to also talk about Floyd, because he only did, like, one real interview, and it was with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Yeah, dope interview. Shout out to uh, Stephen A. You know, I, I bashed him on prior podcasts. And, well, not him, but his entire first take show. But the interview was dope. I mean, and I liked it. It was a little obnoxious. It was Floyd being Floyd, being rich. Um, but there was one thing that everybody's talking about. is Floyd saying that you cannot brainwash him into believing that Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson are the greatest. Well, I mean... Listen, we're going to get into this in a little while, too, with our pound-for-pound pound segment today mm-hmm. and uh, who our greatest boxers are. But Floyd isn't supposed to feel any other way about that. Like, yo, you're undefeated. No one's been able to stop you. You can't fight these other people, so you might as well say you're the best, and no one can tell you that you're not. But isn't it kind of blasphemous to say that you're better than somebody like Muhammad Ali before your career is over? Nah, not at all. So, so you're telling me if, if Kobe Bryant yeah. said he's better than Michael Jordan, that's acceptable? Yes, he should have. Why? Like, if he would have said that in 02, and, and the pace Kobe was on, yo, say it. Because he could have been like, Jordan at my age didn't do this. Jordan didn't have all these things at my age. Jordan was losing to the Pistons at my age. Yeah, but Jordan didn't have Shaq either. It's semantics. It's not semantics. Semantics. It's a big semantics. At that point, he should have been like, yo, whatever. I'm better than Jordan. Say something. That's crazy. And you can. Because Jordan would have watched him. You, you say it while you can because you don't know what tomorrow holds. If, if Floyd didn't say it now, then lost to Manny. He's never going to be able to say it. Say it while you can say it. Say it while it still has the possibility of being true. Because you can't predict the future. That's the dumbest shit I've heard. Yo, if you got to say say it, believe it, until people can give you a good reason not to. Better than Ali. Fake it till you make it. Okay. Yo, if you are undefeated and Ali has a loss, you have a case for being better than him. I'm not saying that it's true. I ain't saying it's the real deal. I don't think I believe it. But for him, I can't tell that man, like, yo, you're, you're not the best ever. I think this person's better. How many times they lose? Ah, okay, well, he got a case. I don't know. It's man. like bringing up rings, yo. It's like telling Bill Russell he ain't the greatest player ever. 
Sure, I think Jordan's better. But Bill got the hardware. So you're going to tell Bill in his face? But like, Jordan, yo, you ain't the best? Jordan is better. Bill don't think that. As Bill right now. Bill don't think that. But Rings, knows losses, all these things matter. And I can understand why Floyd says it. And listen, you say anything while standing in between three Bugattis, and you're telling the truth. No, you're not. I don't care. You tell me anything while you're standing in front of three Bugattis, and I will believe you. You are really waving the flag for... Okay, so do you believe it? Forget no, I don't believe it. Okay. Oh, we're gonna, you'll see my list. I don't believe it. I, I have him higher on my list than most people. I'll really? tell you that much. Yeah, I mean... I, some people don't have him top ten. Well, I mean... Now, right now, without the Pacquiao win, people don't have him top ten. Should he be top ten? Without getting too much in your list, should he be top ten right now? I have him top ten right now. Right now. And he is undefeated and the best of a generation. When when you are the best of a generation, that goes far. I don't entire I don't disagree with you. It's just when you are still fighting, to say that you're you can't be brainwashed into believing that what many consider the greatest fighter of all time, Muhammad Ali, that you, that he's you can't say he's better than you. You can't say Sugar Ray Robinson who fought. Damn near two hundred times in his career is better than you. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, see, it's just respect your elders. Just kind of chill. Yo, he gave him respect though. Yeah, but you gave him respect, and then you said Ali. You know, he lost to Leon Spinks. But it's like, come on, dude. Yo, he gave him enough respect. There's only so much respect you have to give your elders. Like when you when you know that you're dope, sometimes you just gotta tell people that you're dope. Like it is what it is. That's fine telling people that you're dope. But if Young Thug came out and said he was the greatest rapper of all time, we'd spit in his face. I would. Yeah, but Lil Wayne said it. And all these crazy little kids believed it. So in 05, Lil Wayne said, best rapper alive. And Jay-Z, to my recollection, was not dead. And people believed it. You start the conversation, right? People, honestly, honest to God, in 2005, people said Lil Wayne. It was Big Pac Lil Wayne. But does he... did he have the resume to claim that? No, but he said it, and you couldn't deny it. You didn't know what the future hold. If you would have went, If you would have went forward and took, like, Lollipop... If you would have took uh, the Crazy Rock and Roll album, if you would have bought all that and be like, yo, this is what he's going to become, everyone would have looked at him crazy. But he said it while he could, and people believed it. Yeah, whatever. You, but you, you say know, it while you can, yo. I'll tell you what. The, he's, Mayweather's not completely off base for a reason. Um, and it's because he's 38 years old and he's undefeated. It, more than anything else, to be 38 years old, to have an undefeated record, to be dominant, there's no other fighter who's been on top of a sport for as long as Floyd Mayweather has. So that in itself is an accomplishment, and you know gives you claim to the throne. Because I don't think there's no other fighter in the history of boxing that's been undefeated for as long, not as many fights, but for as long as Floyd Mayweather has been. Eighteen years of being undefeated. Yo, that's a long time. I ain't gonna lie to you. Actually, nineteen. We're going into the nineteenth year of Floyd Mayweather being undefeated. There's that, a possibility he could go two decades without losing uh, a fight. Yo, he has a case. That That's all I'm saying. He has a case. And as long as you got a case, you might as well say it. Nobody else is going to say it for you. And that, that's really what it comes down to. If you don't say it, nobody else is going to say it. It's Floydisms, man. This, this is what we're going to come to know this Floydism. It sounds outrageous, but Floyd lives in an isolated bubble where he's rich. And anything he tells anybody that's close to him, they're going to believe because he's rich. A ton of yes men. Yeah, I'll pay you to say yes. Yo, listen, I, I would have said yes, too. Listen, he flew Stephen A. out in a private jet, picked him up in the airport, took him to the Palms, it looked like, took him to his crib, 
listen, man, I'll listen you say anything crazy you want. Let me get that interview. Yes, yeah, true. I'll sit there. Yep. All right, Floyd. Cool. So right. so what time those girls coming through? That that would have been the conversation. Pretty like, much. you know, you know, Floyd is an endless party and uh Stephen A was along for the ride. It was a dope interview and we'll see if uh we get more of that as the as the week progresses, but that's that's the only time he's was on his super fly money Mayweather stuff. And yeah. I thought we get more of that this this fight, the build up, everything. There was no more of that. That was the only time I saw him on his real money team Floss, Bugattis, that's the only time I've seen that this whole time. And, it, and that's weird. That's more weird to me than him saying he's the best ever. Well, I think that just kind of plays into the fact that we, he's been a character. He, he's played up a, a persona for so many years. This fight doesn't need selling. He doesn't need to trash. Like, I, we just had the conference call with Mayweather right before, you know, right before this, this podcast started. And Floyd was just humble, wouldn't say nothing bad about Freddie Rose, wouldn't say nothing bad about Manny Pacquiao. It's just kind of he, he doesn't need to sell a fight. It's sold. Well, yeah, I mean, it's easy to sell a fight when you only got to sell 500 tickets, 1,000 tickets. Whatever, whatever Yo, is left. <laughs> it's about to be like 120 tickets to sell. It's not hard to sell that. True. They're, they're all gone. But now that we're talking about them, let's talk about the technical aspects of it. You know, all the sideshow stuff aside, Floyd's 38, Manny's 36. They're still arguably the two best fighters in their weight class. I don't easy. see... 147 easy. Two best fighters away from Spider-Man. Oh, Pacquiao over Thurman? Uh, that'd be rough for me right now. But arguably, they're the two best fighters in the weight class. And they meet in the ring. Where do you think this fight goes? Let, let's talk about you know, advantages for Floyd first. It's I mean, the easy way to go. The, the first thing is Floyd's a bigger man. First and foremost, Floyd's a bigger man. I think he has about a three to four inch reach advantage. Which means that jab is going to be sticking out. Right? So... For Pacquiao, in order to beat somebody like Floyd Mayweather, you're going to have to be the aggressor, and you're also going to have to be able to move him with your body. In the clinch, you're going to have to hold him against the ropes. Pacquiao's not going to be able to do that. And I think it's the most underrated part of Floyd Mayweather's game, aside from his footwork, is when he fights guys that are maybe smaller than him. Because everybody fights in his division comes in about 20 pounds heavier fight night. He's going to move Pacquiao around. So Pacquiao's advantages in, in aggression are going to get nullified by Floyd's strength. That clinch is going to be something else. Anytime Pacquiao gets close, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, Pacquiao, I mean, he's going to have to bully him. And physically, he's not going to have that advantage. But mentally, mentally, he has to bully Floyd. No one's ever done it. You're looking at me crazy. I am. But that's that's what it will take to beat Floyd. You got to bully him into thinking you're in the fight. Yeah, but let's talk about that, though. Pacquiao's mentality. Can Pacquiao be a bully? I don't. I don't see that same Pacquiao. I don't. I don't see the the young Pacquiao when he was a bully. That shit right out of him. That's (laughs) what happened. He was a bully. Like for a good amount of time, he was a bully. He was a bully at one thirty five, one forty. He was bodying kids. Yeah, not so much anymore. I mean, he couldn't get uh, Bradley out last time. No, I mean Bradley's a tough nut to crack. You know, but but he ain't Floyd. Of course, Bradley's not Floyd. So I mean, to think that he can just. You know, body him and throw him around the ring and stop the movement and really cut off the ring and force Floyd to not want to dance and to really lean against the ropes and do what he pretty much did the beginning of the Mar- uh, of the Maidana fight. Maidana fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you have to trick Floyd into doing. You can't trick Floyd. He's a Jedi. Yo, you gotta just outsmart the smartest ever. You can't. You, 
you have to make him believe he's better than at something than he is, like, which is crazy. But you have to make Floyd think like, yo, you can hurt me by just being a brawler and standing in here and punching and standing in the pocket. After everything was said and done, my Donna did that for a second. Yeah, he was and, reckless. And, you know, Floyd was like, yo, I can beat you at this game. Let me show people. And it made the first fight way closer than it had to be. Because in Floyd's heart of heart, he felt he had to prove that. I don't know to who. Yeah, I don't know. But he made it up in his head. And my Donald was like, all right, yo, I'm rolling with this. That you got to outslug me. And Floyd didn't use all the movements and the, and the slick jab and all that stuff. He didn't. I think that was on, I mean, it was on purpose. It was on purpose. Yeah. And, and something got into Floyd's head, and he had that confidence that, like, oh, Maidana got heavy hands. You think he's going to knock me out? Watch this, American public. And I think Pacquiao has to goat Floyd into doing that. That's impossible. No, Pacquiao got to stand flat-footed. But you know, he got to he got to leave himself open a little bit. You got to take you got to take one to give two. So you leave yourself open a little bit. You lean on the ropes. Let Floyd come in and think he got the heavy hands and he's swinging for a round or two to open it up. And then you say, "Okay, slugfest." And then by the time we look up, it's the eighth round, and now Floyd wants to dance. I don't. That, that's impossible. Here, here's why it's impossible. Floyd comes in. He picks the market. I mean, Maidana fight. Yeah. Nobody gave Maidana a shot in here. We were at a point where people were like, I'm not buying Floyd Mayweather fights anymore. So Floyd said, I got to make it exciting. So he made it exciting. He stayed in the pocket and, and brawled with him. But for Pacquiao, you think he's going to make it exciting? You think he's doing this for the – he's not doing this for the fans. Like, there's going to be nothing that he's going to get lulled into. He knows he's the best ring tactician there is in this sport. Technically sound, great counterpuncher. He's going to be the bigger man. He's going to use everything he's got to take apart Manny Pacquiao. A brawl? It won't happen. Unless the only way that possibly happens is if Manny touches Floyd and Floyd's like, this isn't shit. And then and chooses to do something like that. But he's not going to get suckered into it. Yo, um, Manny has to just absorb punishment. Manny has to believe that Floyd can't punch p- with power. That, that's what Manny has to believe going in. That, yo, his hands are brittle. And he's going to hurt himself worse by punching me than I can hurt him by punching him. And, and it sounds crazy, but that's one hell of a strategy. I'm going to let him punch me for the first three rounds because his hands are like China dolls and they are going to crumble. And I got nine rounds to rock him because he's going to have broken hands. Well, that's not. I mean, Floyd has had not had a hand issues in years. I'm not. I don't, I don't think. Suppose. I don't think Pacquiao is going to want to get hit by Floyd Mayweather. Everybody that's ever fought Floyd, especially Shane Mosley, when I talked to Shane, was like, it's deceptively hard. It's it hurts when Floyd hits you as fast as you don't see it coming. And it hurts. Yeah, the shock the, will get you. The only thing that Floyd doesn't do is he doesn't lay into his opponents. He'll hit you a couple times, he'll back off because he's just trying to win the fight. He's not trying to make it exciting for you because you already paid to watch the damn fight. You're already up to fifty nine ninety nine, whatever you're going to pay. $99.99. So, yeah, for this. So he's not going to make it fun. Yeah. He's just going to do enough to keep his opponent off him. And once Pacquiao feels that straight right hand, I guarantee he's going to go back to the corner and say, Freddie, I don't know what's going. Tell him to stop. That's what's going to happen. I'm just telling you, (laughs) that's the shit that's going to happen on May 2nd. Yo, the Pacquiao voice is so on point right now, though. I'm sorry, it's it's, it's what's going to happen. But, yo, you've watched a lot of boxing. You've been around boxing forever. What does it take for Manny to win? Because we got to think like that. You know, every now and then, it comes down to the point of, if you're Freddie Roach, if you're Manny Pacquiao, there has to be a way to beat Floyd. How do you do it? Okay, there's there's one, one way you beat Floyd, is Floyd has to get old. Roy Jones didn't lose to Antonio Tarver. Roy Jones beat himself because he got old that night. He woke up on the wrong side of 30. Floyd Mayweather's got to be a little bit slower at 38. 
right? That's one way. The other thing is you have to throw more punches in Floyd. You have to convince the judges that you are more active than your opponent. And it can't just be, you know, just brawling and taking people, you know, trying to take them down like Madonna did MMA style. You just got to be busy because Floyd is not a busy fighter. So you have to be extremely active. You have to throw a lot of punches. And you have to take the first few rounds away from Floyd because he's going to give them to you. He's going to give you a couple rounds. And then after that, he's going to shift gears, and then he's going to take away your greatest weapon. So you got to hide what you got and open up in the, in the later rounds. But you got to take those rounds. You have to have some kind of ring generalship. It's hard, but you just got to be you got to be the, the aggressive. No, it's true. It's true. And, you know, Floyd, if what you're saying is true, then Floyd may really be the best ever. Because if you don't, if only thing that can stop you is father time, you have one hell of a case to being the best ever. Because yeah, you have zero holes in your game. We'll talk about our pound for pound list. Let, let's hit it up right now. Before we get into, right. you know, Already? the other... Hey, quick. Quick and early in the podcast. Before right. we get into reviewing the fights from last weekend, which were great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Pound for pound list. Best fighters are our best fighters okay. ever. Top five. I'll start it off. Yeah, you start. So, I'm going to go five to one. All right. Building suspense. Ha, ha, ha. Look at that. I'm learning already. Look at the podcast tricks. So, five, I got Mayweather. Told you he's in my top ten. He's in my top five. He is number five right now without beating Manny Pacquiao. Number four, Rocky Marciano. What? Undefeated, my man. So what? Undefeated. Oh, my God. Jesus. You carry a zero, you hold weight. What are you doing? You're killing Listen. me. We're going to Yo, yeah. <laughs> Three. Sugar Ray Leonard. Just personally, I think he's one of the most skilled boxers ever. He fought in probably the toughest division in boxing. He had a lot of good opponents. Two. Cassius Clay. His mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Number two. Number one, Sugar Ray Robinson. Even though the film is grainy and it's like watching Babe Ruth, there's no one better with a combination of speed, hand speed, agility, punching power. He had it all. He had the total combination and package. That's five through one. Let's hear your list since you're just over here just utterly disgusted. How do you have Rocky Marciano on this list? Undefeated. So what? Joe Calzaghe retired undefeated. That is very true. How do you have Rocky Marciano on this list? Undefeated. And it's not It's not even Calzaghe, come on. I mean, we obviously saw that. But giving respect to your elders, right? You just you just bash Floyd for doing this. And I'm providing respect for my elders. That's like saying, so, yo, I can't have Babe Ruth in my top five baseball players. But you don't have Jack Johnson. Because he's fat or, and white. You don't have like, Jack so Johnson what? or Joe Lewis on your list, but you have Rocky Marciano? Joe Lewis was six. Oh, my God. Rocky Marciano only defended his title six times before he retired. Okay. Do you need more? He retired undefeated. Joe it's Calzaghe a different retired time. undefeated. He's not on your list. Give me your list. All right. I'm just starting at one. Sugar Ray Robinson is number one. Sugar Ray Robinson is number one. Easy. Clear cut. The man the man fought damn near 200 times. Uh, he he lost to uh, Jake LaMotta in his 41st fight, and then he reeled off 91 wins in a row. Insane. It's a different time. You know, the guy fought like three times a month. So I can see how you, you can accumulate that. Ali, number two. Obviously, with the three years taken away from being suspended from the sport, we never got to see Ali truly in his prime. And he went in there with a prime Joe Frazier 
and gave him hell for 15 rounds. Yeah. So there's no doubt about it that Ali's number two. I mean, beating George Foreman, beating Sonny Liston as young as he was, beating the shit out of Floyd Patterson. The things that Ali did, the only thing that Ali never did, if you ever watch his fights, he never went to the body. If you ever watch an Ali fight, pay close attention. He doesn't go to the body. Nah, not like consistent. No, he he doesn't go to the body. At all. Watch his fight. He hardly ever goes to the body. He has a long jab and he puts his punches together, but he rarely goes to the body. Um, Number three. Three. You know, there's, there's, you got like Roberto Duran, perhaps. There's this. Duran probably should have made my top five. It was close. I was thinking about Duran. Duran at lightweight was a murderer. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to put him at one to three because there's also Henry Armstrong, who was the the, the, uh, division crusher before there was Manny Pacquiao. Um, but I didn't see a lot of Henry Armstrong. I watched a lot of Roberto Duran. Uh, Roberto Duran at 135 was the, one of the baddest people I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, he's there. I just don't know if he's number three. Um, who are we missing here? I got to go with Sugar Ray Leonard. Very Floyd-like because a lot of people forget that Sugar Ray Leonard kind of handpicked his opponents as well. Yeah, a, a um, little bit. I he mean. didn't fight Hagler until he felt like fighting Hagler. And when he had the opportunity to give him a rematch, he just didn't want to. Uh and there were other fights that Leonard had where he got kind of took guys out of their prime or just at different times in their career. So it so looks Leonard's great there. in hindsight. And yeah. that's my thing about Floyd. Like you you know, you catch a Canelo early. If Canelo ends up being De La Hoya, it's gonna be great on the resume. But you didn't fight prime Canelo. You right. didn't fight prime De La Hoya necessarily. You didn't fight like Prime Mosley. Yeah, so I mean it looks great in retrospect. Yeah. So and then there's Joe Lewis. I mean Joe Lewis Joe Lewis and Jack Johnson almost tied. Jack Johnson, obviously, times have changed. He couldn't fight that style of day. He'd get beat up. But back then, he was beating the shit out of everybody. And he was taking their women. He was taking all their white women <laughs> in his Cadillac. <laughs> and, and, and that, I mean, Jack Johnson, if you watch Unforgivable Blackness, which is an amazing documentary, it's just you look at what he was doing to guys, and he was just beating the hell out of them. So they're like A and B. Floyd falls outside of that list and out of the top five because his resume just doesn't hold up. He didn't – the 147 division, I mean, he fought Diego Corrales. Great. He fought Cotto out of his prime. Somewhere. All right. Cotto got dogged by Pacquiao and Margarito, which is never the same fighter. Um, same with Mosley. So it's like, you know, you look at his resume and you compare it to a Roberto Duran or a Tommy Hearns or Sugar Ray Leonard or a Marvin Hagler. It's not the same. Hagler was almost – listen, my top ten is – crowded right now i mean Hagler. Hagler. if he didn't retire if he would have beat leonard he could have retired undefeated Hagler was i mean well shoot, he lost early fight but Hagler was one of the baddest men ever oh yeah yeah he just was pissed and salty that he lost to leonard <laughs> and i would have been salty too if you watched the fight as close as it was you see things that leonard was doing it would upset you so yeah i mean that's my top five i don't know if that was like a real yo our five. top five has almost everything the same not rocky marciano you besides that, one person get that dude the hell out of here Undefeated. So Joe Lewis and Jack Johnson are better heavyweights. George, Joe Lewis is is nasty. I'll George Foreman would have beat the shit out of Rocky Marciano. Ooh, I, I listen once again. We're pairing fights that we can never see. Yeah, undefeated. I don't care. That's one hell of a thing to have on your resume. I don't care. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> let's talk about last week's fight. Every episode it never fails. You say some shit that I gotta go home and then be like, I gotta listen to this. This. Oh my god, you're my co-host, man. Yo, you better love this. I, I'm spitting knowledge right now. You are be, the you hot are, fire. You are becoming the Skip Bayless of the show. I am not. This, don't, don't, don't go there. Like, come <laughs> on, man. You know how I feel about Skip. I'm not Skip Bayless of the show. 
the man is undefeated. Undefeated. You're still gonna keep trying this. Yo, and and I understand there's some better boxers technically. There's a lot of them. Duran probably could have got his spot easy he on my list. Hardest hands probably ever. Got hands of stone. Yeah. Could have been in there. Nah. I mean, undefeated. You want me? You want me to make you feel on, better? No. I, I'll put him at five. Floyd can have four. He doesn't belong he can in the top ten, man. <laughs> I mean, let's let's go like, to last weekend's fights, man. Yeah, we're, we're never yeah, going to agree on this. Yeah, we're not. You, let's talk me. about best fight of last weekend. You said it'd be fight of the week. Possible fight of the year. Matisse. Matisse Pravondikov. Did it live up to your expectation? Yes, it did. And I doubled back in, in the last podcast. I said it, it, when I originally said it wouldn't end in a knockout, then I was like, ah, somebody's going to get knocked out. But it didn't end in a knockout. It was, yep. it was, a, it was a war. You predicted that, that yeah. it could be a war. And... uh it was close. Provodnikov came on strong late, but Tise looked good. He looked good early. I, I thought he he could be better conditioned. Was it you that tweeted like, "Yo, if this was fifteen rounds, oh yeah, Provodnikov gets it." Provodnikov yeah, like fifteen. If if this was in the seventies, Provodnikov yeah. got that because he faded late. You can't fade late in fights. It's it's rough because you never know when you're going to start the fade. He luckily started it late enough in the fights. He was good. I mean, Matisse was busting Provodnikov's face up. That uppercut was serious. And I'm looking at Provodnikov, and I'm like, damn, you're going to make me look real bad right now because you were getting your ass kicked. But the face, the damage his face took didn't have a toll on his, his heart. That dude had just a ton of heart. He never looked hurt. He rocked Matisse up quite a few times in that fight. Oh, yeah. I think in the 11th round, he caught him with a left hook that I – it, I thought that was it. Yeah, he damn near put him down. If there was more time in the round, he could have put him down. They could have changed the fight. Would end up perhaps a draw or draw. a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a hell of a fight, and I, I'd love to see it again, but that 140 division is so crowded, which leads us to our next guy who, who fought brilliantly, Bud Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford. It's time to come to Vegas, baby. That time guy, to come to Vegas. He, no more small time. Yo, he knocked out Delorme, but the adjustments, again, it's the adjustments that kid makes. Because he has equal power in both hands. And you watch him because he's like, I'm slightly out of my range with the right hand. And then he'll switch up and he'll go to southpaw. And he's like, all right, I got you. And he connected and it was lights out. I don't know who can beat him, period, right now. Yo, I don't, I don't know who wants to try. That's, that's now where we are in boxing, though. It's like, I don't know who could be. I don't know who wants to try to beat him. Well, Broner doesn't want those problems. I think that's a fight that's going to potentially happen. I think Broner's going to hang around at 140. And Crawford's going to come here and try to collect these belts. Because Danny Garcia's leaving. Yeah. And, you know, the 140 division is going to be wide open. And Terrence Crawford's the best fighter in that division. If Terrence Crawford fought Lucas Matisse, he beats the hell out of Lucas Matisse. It'll be a great fight. Crawford gets hurt because he does have a pension of getting rocked. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody can beat Terrence Crawford right now. He's, the, he's probably the baddest dude in 140. I, I would love to see Garcia stay down and take yeah, that fight. Kind of needs to. Like, he's going to get eaten alive at 147. Yeah, he's going to get two. But, you know, I, I think him versus Crawford would be good because for everything Danny is and isn't in the boxing ring, he makes some good adjustments, and he fights up to the level of competition. Danny? So, yeah. Nah. I mean, Danny is horrible. He's shit in the ring against mediocre fighters. But you put him in there against someone above average, you'd be like, all right, Danny, where's this been? He does just enough to make it interesting. And I'd like to see him go against a Crawford where it'd be like, okay, yo, now bring your A game. Don't coast. Let's see what you really got. 
and instead he's going to move up to 147 and just get rocked. Yeah, I mean, they're going to Angel his dad's going to have to really talk try to talk him out of this. I know Angel's been in his ear trying to keep him down at 140, but Danny's body's just not holding up. He's going to have to move up to 147, but the key thermos of that divisions are just going to eat his ass alive. He's not going to last. Before we end the segment, there was one more. One more fight last weekend. Man. The coup de grace of the weekend. You talking about the son of a legend who got his ass kicked? Chavez Jr. And we both said there was no chance. No chance that he loses this fight. He lost the fight. Badly. Didn't even come back out. He was like, yo, I'm out of here. Am I still? He checked the corner. Am I still getting paid? Do I get to eat after this? Yo, let's go. I don't need these last four. Let's go. Look, Fonfair is a good fighter. I saw him, you know, the Adonis Stevens fight put Stevenson down. And I said that before. I just didn't think. I thought, for some reason, I thought that Chavez would come up and some of that power would carry to light heavyweight. He couldn't move Fonfair for nothing. And what happens is Chavez has wasted so many years bullshitting with training, bullshitting with his weight. Because he shouldn't even be there. He should be making 168. The ganja? Yeah, smoking weed, drunk <laughs> driving. He lives off his dad's name. He's never been that good. Chavez, I've been watching Chavez Jr. fight for years. He's never been that good. He beat Andy Lee in a fight he was losing and ended up getting a knockout. He fought terribly against Brian Vera. He lost every round of every minute of every round to like the last minute against Sergio Martinez. Chavez Jr. is not good. But I thought at StubHub with the crowd behind him, he would have did just enough to get a decision, and we would have been on this talk podcast talking about how bad he looked while winning because I yeah. thought he would have got a gift. Instead, he got his ass beat. Fafara had his number from the opening bell. Yo, there was no fear by Fafara at all. That Polish like, kid is not... Yo, he stepped in, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to eat. Like, he was just like, this is my meal ticket. He was like, all these fans, all these people know your name, and you're my stepping stool. And, and there was, as soon as the bell rang, it's like you could look at him, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's time. It's time. I'm about to go get this. And Chavez Jr., he didn't have a, a second to breathe. It's not like he could even collect himself and be like, yo, okay, I'm in a fight. Let me turn it on. Nothing. He, he, he stole his soul. Like, he, he might not fight again. He should Look, he sucks, all right? I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Basically, y'all, any Mexican listener who loves Chavez will call it blasphemy. But it's blasphemous that Chavez Jr. Has, doesn't have half the, the heart that his dad has. Nowhere near the heart. Because Chavez Jr., who's coasting on his dad's coattails when his dad was going 12 rounds with Melchick Taylor getting his ass kicked, but beating him to the point where at the last minute of the fight, he knocked him out in the last seconds. Chavez Jr. can't do that. He's not that type of guy because he's got a silver spoon in his mouth. He doesn't need this. He doesn't need the fight. Any fighter who says, hey, Freddie, I know you're a great trainer, but I'm not coming to the gym today. I'm going to move this sofa in my living room, and we're going to train in my house. That guy doesn't give a shit about boxing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, Yo, he, he, had some, he had some stuff to do that day. He didn't have shit to do. He probably smoked some weed. That's what he did. Probably. You know, traffic is horrible. Oh, I understand man. the logic behind it. No. <laughs> when Freddie Roach, look, Freddie Roach was telling me, he's like, I have a hard time getting this kid to the gym. I, I knew it was over. How are you with a Hall of Fame trainer? You're undefeated. You've had some really close decisions, right? There was guys that you should have beat that you had a hard time with early in your career. And you have a Hall of Fame trainer, and you're like, ah, I don't want to do this. Let's just let's come to my house, and eat pizza, and, and play in the pool. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
get him out the paint. Yo, he Carl, had to play some good Call of Duty you know in between suck, training sets. What sucks is that Carl Frotch wanted this fight with Chavez Jr. Anybody with a brain wanted to fight with Chavez Jr. because you were going to get a check. Oh, yeah. And and now Fonfara gets that check, and he gets the, the recognition, and he, you know, maybe he'll get a rematch with Stevenson down the line. Who knows? But, yeah, Chavez Jr., get, get this kid out the paint. I'm done with yeah. that. <laughs> Yo, that fight was ugly. Stay tuned, though, because we have two guests coming up talking Mayweather- Pacquiao weekend. And they're women. Women. Women that know boxing are, are a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. You know, I just got to sit back on a podcast. I'm going to just let them talk. They, they're they going to school me today. I'm going to learn something. They'll school, they ain't going to school me. but They're going to school me today. These ladies, hey, they know their stuff. Yeah, they do. They too. Definitely stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Corner. This is Kel Dansby, still here with Andreas, and we have a very special guest with us today. Hello, everyone. It's Top Rank's leading lady, Christina Poncher, in the house. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Christina. Man, so much to talk about. We have Mayweather Pacquiao finally happening. Yep, and I mean, it's been all these years that we've been talking about it, and Christina, I know you're aware it's, it was almost fatigued talking about this fight. Um, can you, first of all, talk about how you feel now that the fight is finally together? We're about a week out. Are you excited? I'm excited and I'm tired already. <laughs> I mean, this has been unlike any other promotion that I've ever been a part of. I've been a top rank uh, almost five years now and covered every Pacquiao fight since he fought Mosley. And this by far has been the craziest most outrageous thing and not even in terms of like everything that we're doing for the promotion because to be honest we haven't had to do very much but just every aspect of from tickets to the closed circuit to the contracts to the training and sparring partners it's just it's been crazy but um you know I am excited and it'll be something I'll tell my kids and grandkids about one day that you know I was there and I covered one of the biggest fights in boxing history why is everything taking so long? I know, like, this is what <laughs> well, everyone wants to know. It's like we're a week away, and yeah. people can hardly get their hands on the tickets. Like, I know, it, I it's, know, it's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, you have it's because you know Mayweather Promotions and Top Rank Promotions they really don't work together. They ha- they never have. And although Mayweather was promoted by Top Rank for the first you know ten ten and a half years of his career, ever since the split, I mean, there's been there's been bad blood between, you know, Floyd Mayweather and Bob Arum, who is the, you know, president, CEO, owner, founder of, of Top Rank. So, um, and then you have the two sides with Showtime and HBO, and, you know, they, they don't very, very rarely do they ever come together. Um, I think it's only the second time since, like, 2002 when Lennox Lewis fought Mike Tyson that you have two major pay-per-view networks working together. So, I mean, there's a lot of players involved, and it's just making everything, you know, a big cluster and then insert the beep after that you know (laughs) it's just it's insane but you know there's a lot of money involved and everybody wants to to make sure that they're getting you know their their fair share and it's understandable but look i mean we're getting close tickets should be on sale tomorrow i know it's crazy i think only like 500 are really going to go on sale to the quote-unquote public 
Um, you know, your, your best bet is to be at home and on the couch watching that pay-per-view for a hundred bucks and having everybody pitch in a 20 or something and <laughs> get some wings, swears, eat yeah. some food and enjoy. <laughs> so, so for you, you've, you've worked close with Bob. Can, a lot of people say Bob's this old, angry guy, but what is he really like? Cause I mean, he's not angry. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like sour though. Like he just got that face. He does. He kind of has a scowl sometimes, but look, I've seen him probably at some of his best moments, and I've seen him when you don't even want to look, you know, his direction, and overall, I mean, the man has a ton of responsibility. He's a legend in the game. Um, The way that he just travels, I mean, we've gone to Macau in the last year, like, 10 times, and he makes every international trip. I mean, it's amazing at his age what he's able to do, but, I mean, I think it's important, and it's good for, for Bob's legacy that this fight you know, was made happen because he jokes like on his tombstone, it would say, you know, but he was never able to make, you know, Mayweather Pacquiao. So, you know, it's like at least the fact that it's going down, he's a big part of that as is Les Best from CBS, but he's, he's a great guy. He's got stories for days. I mean, sometimes we'll all be at dinner after a weigh in or, you know, before a fight, we'll be eating lunch. He's got stories of Muhammad Ali and, you know, Tyson Day. I mean, it's just crazy. He's just such an encyclopedia of knowledge, and he's got so many crazy stories. It's so it's so fun to just learn, you know, more rich boxing history directly from the source. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but, you know, Floyd and Aram obviously had a pretty strong working relationship for a long time. How did that go so wrong? You know, the general public doesn't know how they kind of parted ways and, and this animosity was built. How did it go wrong between the two? You know what? I don't really know the exact answer to that question either. I mean, maybe only Floyd and Bob really know. But I think probably, one, it came down to money. Probably, two, it came down to some ego and attitude. And, you know, um, Floyd Mayweather is a type A personality. He very much has that boss mentality. And um, it's hard to have, you know more than one chief in a group and when he got to the level where he felt like he was a star and could break out and could start you know having more business savvy and wanted to have maybe more control he you know he thought um that he was ready to just kind of maybe spread his wings and venture out on his own and you know i don't think top rank was happy about that considering all the work they took to it took to build him up but i don't know if you can really fault him for wanting i mean obviously look back now he's made a bazillion dollars you know so it's worked out fairly well for him you know to say the least but I think that at the time you know his attitude and maybe the culture that um, Floyd uh, was embracing in terms of you know uh, I don't want to say hip-hop culture but just in terms of like his demeanor and even the cockiness and confidence like that was in him and I don't even know if Bob really even knew how to deal with that at that time to Mm. be honest like it's just it was a different perspective and I think that you know Floyd saw a bigger picture than what he 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 thought he could do it on his own and, and he has so, um, if this fight's never been made happen, then everyone would have always wondered if he made the right decision. But look, he's hundreds of hundreds of dollars, millions of dollars richer, and the fight's happening. So, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So, in your opinion, because we've everybody's talked about either the fight being right on time or should have happened five years ago. Where do you stand on that? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to look back and say, you know, I, I think because we don't know how the fight is going to turn out on Saturday. Like if they go in there and they end up banging and it's, and they're exchanging and it's, and it's a great fight, then, then I think a lot of that 
talk will subside about all oh, five years ago would have been better because we got a great product on Saturday night. If they go in there and they're cautious and they're nervous and it's six rounds of just them feeling each other out, then yeah, people were like, you know, oh gosh, they, this wouldn't have happened, you know, five years ago. But I think they're smarter. I think they're more mature. I think the fight means more to them now. So for those reasons, I think, you know, it, it's better that it happens now. And look, you know, Pacquiao's didn't necessarily used to throw, he used to throw caution to the wind, but he, he got knocked out by Marquez by being careless. He had this like reckless abandon and now he's a smarter fighter. He, he controls his aggression um, in the right way. And you know, Mayweather is, is maybe come down a tad bit from where he was five years ago, but I think that does make it make for a better fight between these two now. Oh, wow. Mayweather came down from a notch. A little no, bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's all right. <laughs> a little plenty, bit. Plenty I mean, of people thirty-eight think years that. old. I I know I wasn't the same, you know, six years ago that I am now. I'm a little slower in the gym myself, but <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's father time is is undeniable. But I I just think that if anything, they're both at the best physical condition that they can be at at this age for this fight. If that makes sense. Yeah, and you talk about father time. You know, both of them have a very short window left. Like this is near the end for both of them. From Absolutely. a top rank perspective, who's next? Like, who is that next person in your eyes that you think can be a major pay-per-view sell for, you know, not if it's not just top rank, for boxing in general? Well, there's a few out there. I mean, for top rank, I don't know if you guys watched the fight on Saturday night, but we have a guy by the name of Terrence Crawford of at, fighting did. at the 140-pound division that just won uh, a world title moving up from 135. Um, and he is, I think by far one of the best, I don't even want to call him a prospect, because he's a world champion now, he's no longer a prospect, but he's somebody that I think could very well step into that position. He's a humble kid from Omaha, Nebraska, and undefeated, and he is just really making a name for himself. And, you know, there's Gennady Golovkin making a huge name for himself in the middleweight division. You know, they got heavyweight and Brian Jennings. You have the Klitschko's. I mean, there is still, um, and there's a lot of young talent too, but... Um, you know, the names that are causing a lot of buzz right now, it, you know, GGG's buzz is undeniable. And, and same thing, I think, with Terrence Crawford. Hmm. So I want to go back to this fight, Christina, because we've been waiting for this fight for years. I've been ringside for Pacquiao and Mayweather fights for the past eight years. And there's a lot of debate on how this fight's going to play out. Yeah. In your opinion, what do you think is the key factor of this fight? A lot of people say it's the first three rounds and how Pacquiao comes out, but what do you think is going to be the main factor? The judging? No, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, yeah! <laughs> I'm just being real. I mean, I don't really think that the fight's going to end in a knockout. I mean, neither. I think Mayweather has had, what, one knockout in the last eight years, and Manny hasn't knocked anybody out since Cotto back in 2009, so the odds are that the fight's going to go to a decision. But look, I think it's really, really important for for Manny to keep his activity level high and to be aggressive, to be not necessary to leave himself open and go in with a reckless abandon, but look, he's got to have effective aggression, and that's what I think Madonna lacked in those two fights with with uh, Mayweather. Look, it's not necessarily about how many punches you throw, because I think Manny will out-throw Mayweather. It's just a matter of if he can connect and be efficient. I think Madonna only connected, even though he threw twice as many punches in those fights, only 30% where money is up at about 50%. You know what I mean? So it's going to be really important. But yeah, he can't 
for, for Manny, he can't give away those first three rounds. He can't give away any rounds. And for Mayweather, look, he's going to have to stand in there a little bit and engage. There's no way that he's going to be able to just be on the defensive for 12 rounds and win this fight. I mean, that's obvious. So um, I think once he feels Manny's power in the first couple rounds, will dictate a lot about how he continues to fight the fight, how long he stays in the pocket, and, you know, if he's willing to bang or not. You're a top-ranked girl. Are, are, are you siding with Pacquiao? Do you believe Pacquiao's going to win this fight? I d- it really just depends. I mean, yes, I work for Top Rank, and of course everybody knows that Top Rank is, is rooting for Manny Pacquiao in this fight, and they would like him to win this fight. I think that the best chance for us to see a rematch would be if Manny Pacquiao wins the fight, because if Floyd wins, he's not going to get in there and do it again. Like I highly doubt it. So um, if we want to have a, a rematch or make a trilogy out of this, then you know the best bet is if Manny wins the fight. But, but we'll see. I mean, both guys... It, it, I think the odds are in Mayweather's favor, and I think that's correct, as they should be. But um, it'll just be interesting to see how it goes down on, on May 2nd. That's a great politically correct answer right there. I like that. That's like years of media trading right there. That, that's why you're a pro. You see this? I, I need to learn that. It was perfect. Yeah, that, I mean, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad, Christina. Okay. I have it written, I have it written down and typed out. No, I'm just like... <laughs> So I know you watch, I'm sure you watched Stephen A. Smith sitting down with Floyd Mayweather and talking about he's greater than Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson. I caught a tad bit of that. Okay. When we talk about these guys' places in history, do you think that Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao could go down as one, the greatest fighter of all time? Or is that is that position already taken by Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson? Yeah, I mean, that's tough to say. I mean, I wasn't, I can't tell you that, you know, I think my generation will look at it differently than my parents or my grandparents' generation. You know, I, I haven't watched Muhammad, a lot of Muhammad Ali fights, or and there's not a lot of Sugar Ray Robinson film out there. Like, it just mm-hmm. isn't. It was a different time, a different era. Um, obviously, they will be in the conversation, which is an honor in and of itself. But I think it's just subjective. I know a lot of the guys. I was I was with Rich Murata, who runs the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame there, and is a great commentator. And you know, Rich is, was asked to submit his boxers of all time, one through ten, and there was no question that Sugar Ray Robinson was his number one. And the other people around us, you know, a few people said Ali, someone else threw out Floyd, but a lot of them said, you know, yeah, Sugar Ray Robinson would. It's hard to argue with that. So I did. I think it depends on what era that you grew up, but. Yes, Floyd's record is, is, is telling, and it puts him, you know, on the top of some people's list. But, I mean, there there is an argument, I think, for either way you decide to go with Manny, obviously, with his with his record. If you look strictly at that, maybe wouldn't be in the conversation for the top three, but you can't deny, you know, winning eight world titles in eight different weight divisions and being the lineal champ in so many of them, that what he's been able to do has is, is been remarkable in the sport, so... I think it's just a matter of personal taste and preference, but he's in the conversation. I mean, for the most part, at least top three. Wow, top three—that's that's not at bad. Least. That's not a bad place to sit right there. At no, least, I uh, mean, but most people in our generation probably will say number one because you know they they are not they 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 just know the record. They know the O in the loss column, and they know that you know he's single-handedly dominated the sport in recent years. So. Well, Christina is the pro, and she came through and blessed us. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Got another question. There's another question? Andres is full of questions. (laughs) Look, look. Do you see this guy? Go ahead. You know, it's Mayweather Pacquiao weekend, and it's 
you've been in, you've been to Mayweather fights, you've been to Pacquiao fights. You know the zoo that's about to take place in Las Vegas. Where are you gonna be during fight week? Are you partying at all? Or are you just working? Good question. Buddy. No, no, I am working. I'm partying a little bit, but work partying. That makes sense. Work party? That doesn't um, sound fun at all. No, no, no. I have um, I am I am part of a group of, of women that work um, in a sport of boxing uh, that that's put on um, by Michelle Rosado called the Raging Babes, and we have an event Wednesday night with all the women in boxing, some of the boxers' wives, um, you know, uh, Jackie Callen, Michelle Corrales, women in the sport, are all going to get together and you know have some margaritas and celebrate, you know, what we've been able to do in the sport, and you know, we uh, so so. Things like that. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame has an event I'll attend. So um, I'll be having some fun, but it's going to be a busy week of work. And come May 2nd or come May 3rd, I'm definitely going to be uh, exhausted and glad that uh, that it's over. For so the we're, not, part. we're not going to see you at Jay-Z's party at Marquee? You're, you're invited. Le- you know what? <laughs> you can true. come $50, hang out. $50,000? Do you guys have a table? I, like, I cannot K. confirm or deny, but I will be at a table. I, I mean, come on. Listen, it, it happened somehow. So Give me a break. Well, I'll at your girl. Yeah, you, you need to get in, in there. there. <laughs> I got you. We'll make this work. <laughs> Thank you guys so much Thanks, for Christina. having me. Uh, Stop me a come fight week if you see me and, and say hello, please. We definitely will. Definitely will. Uh, thank you for joining us. Christina kind of, you know, set us up perfectly because coming up next, we're going to take a quick break. And Michelle Rosado is going to be joining us. Yep. So another oh, lovely girl. lady. Yes. See, look at that. The yes. women are taking over the show. The women are taking over the show. Today. Yeah, the ladies <laughs> are schooling us today on the show about boxing. So thank well, you. Tell my girl for I said hi. <laughs> I definitely will. You guys stay All tuned. Right. We'll be right back with Michelle. Bye. Alright everybody, welcome back. That was a quick break, but we are back with our second guest. Second guest. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Rosado, aka the Raging Babe. Yes, Michelle's in the building. Uh, we kind of teased it before we went on break, and Christina gave it a huge shout out. So the women are ruling the podcast today. We're we're just co-pilots oh, in this. Christina Poncher is so legit. I mean, I think I met her about two, three years ago. Um, in Las Vegas, Maria Salvarado, and I just got so much respect for her, and seeing her grow and pioneer in the sport, it's amazing to see, and then there's a lot of women in boxing behind the scenes that are movers and shakers that they really hold it down, they really are the nucleus to all of these huge events, believe it or not. Yes, the world is run by women, ain't that the truth? Yes, so talking about this floyd fight obviously there's tons of stuff going on that week but it all wouldn't be possible without the fight itself how do you feel about the fight finally happening well i believe that it finally happened you know for many years for the past what five years the fans have focused on that fight have demanded for it screamed for it boxing off because it wasn't happening and so it's finally happening and I think it's a sport for the casual fans, the mainstream fans, the hardcore fans. I expect it to break records and I'm talking, you know, three, four million pay-per-view buys. 
Um, as far as the fight itself, I think we're going to get a mediocre fight. I don't think it's going to be as hyped as what people think it's going to be. I think Manny Pacquiao has about four good rounds to do something. And if he don't, then I think it's going to be a whitewash. And I think Floyd is going to win by unanimous decision. We'll be, we'll be lucky if we get a couple flash knockdowns, you know. But I think it's going to be the same Floyd. Man, you just broke people's hearts. No, she, she's a smart, you're a smart girl. You know exactly, dude, Michelle. You know exactly what's gonna happen. Dude, They're spending a hundred dollars. Look, I tell people all the time, raising babes. I try to be authentic. I try to be witty, you know. But I'm always gonna keep it real. And I just really think that that's what's gonna go down. I, I'm not a manny hater. I'm not a flomo. I'm not a pack toyed or whatever they call these <laughs> insane fan groupies. You know, I'm just kind of calling it like I see it. I think Manny's great. Um, he'll go down to the Hall of Famer. But I just think Floyd is still a little too smart. People say Floyd has slowed down. His legs are bad, blah, blah, blah. But, he, you know, he's still pretty smart. But do you think that there would have made any difference if they would have fought five years ago when, when Pacquiao was rumbling through weight divisions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? How would it be, how would the fight have been different five years ago? I think it would have been more competitive. I think it would have been um, a little more equal. I think it would have been harder to even call that fight five years ago. I still think Floyd probably would have won five years ago, but I think it would have been more of a war. It would have been just a better fight all around. I mean, now the guys are five years older. Manny Pacquiao, you know, he was given the night world treatment. Hey, yes, he uh, by, by Marquez, you know, Floyd, um, you know, he, he took a couple good shots in the past five years, not many, but, you know, it's just things are different now. Well, here's my thing, and I want you, Michelle, I want to ask you this, because Pacquiao's always had trouble with Marquez, and Marquez is the counterpuncher, and he, he's great with timing. Floyd's bigger than Marquez, is quicker, and a more accurate counterpuncher. How in the world can Manny Pacquiao beat Floyd Mayweather if he can't? If he's always had a hard time with Marquez? I, I think we're going to see Manny probably just moving a lot. You know, maybe trying to get Floyd to get on his toes again and to move more since they're saying that Floyd has slowed down, that his legs are shot. So I would think that they would kind of want him to use his legs more. Um, I, I don't, Manny, that's a good question. I don't know what Manny's game plan could be at this point. Uh, how do you tr- how do you try to up- outbox someone like Floyd? Well, we've seen that that doesn't work. So it's kind of like you got to go in there and try to rumble him, and you almost got to get dirty, you know. And I hate to say Madonna fought a dirty fight. I don't want to say that, but Madonna won. You know, it was pretty ruthless, and Madonna just went in there, ball to the wall. And I think that's how Manny's going to have to play Floyd to even have a chance. See, see, smart girl. She knows what she's talking hey, she, about. She knows her stuff. You, you can't play chess with Bobby Fischer. You can't play chess with Bobby Fischer. I keep trying to tell you. Uh-huh. All right, so, Michelle, you're actually our first guest that's trying out our new segment. It's called What If. So, I'm going to throw a couple what ifs at you, and you got to tell me oh, how right. the fans are going to react, all right? Don't mess this up. So, first okay. one, what if Floyd KOs Manny? There will be a moment of silence in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> like the 13 guns, Luke. 
Oh, it's, it's gonna be horrible. It's over if. Oh man, I just want to see Pacquiao's moms. Like if he goes night night again, I just I don't even cut from the ring. Don't show me anything in the ring. Show me his mom. You, you know, here's the thing with Manny. Not to interrupt our little game show or whatever we're doing here. Go ahead. But when Manny, you know, I compare Manny Pacquiao a lot to Mary J. Blige. When Mary J. Blige, when she was drinking and she was on that shit and she was turning up, her music was the best. It was untouchable. You know, she was unbeatable. And then when she became very peaceful and started going to church and she cleaned up her life and she stopped turning up, well, we, we haven't had a good Mary J. Blige album in a few years. Well, and that's how I kind of feel about Manny Pacquiao is that, you know, when he was out there turning up, cheating on his wife and drinking and doing all this stuff, he was knocking people out. He was <laughs> winning fights. He was the man. And all of a sudden, man, he found God and he rededicated himself to his wife, which is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. And he, and he stopped doing all this extracurricular stuff. And it's like, man, when was the last time we saw Manny in a really good fight? Where he looked really good. Yo, it's just not the same. It's not the same after all that. That that, that cheating puts pressure on you. Yo, you go into the ring with yeah. that pressure. Yo, you just compared Manny Pacquiao to Manny, Mary J. Blige with like the greatest analogy ever. <laughs> oh, shit. Mary J. Yo, but you're so... Wait, wait. Tell me about the last time Mary dropped a gem. It was probably when she was going through with it. You know, when she was doing... It is what it is. I mean, things change. You know, lifestyle changes. And, you know, sometimes you see boxers, they fall in love with a woman, and they have a baby, and they never fight the same. Why is it? Why is that? Yo, that's real. They they lose that hunger. They become a fat cat. I tell you what, it's the one. It's the woman. It's the one. I mean, I, you know, it's the it's the woman that changes the man into making him a little bit softer. I mean, we know Jinky had her hands on Pacquiao after the Marquez fight. We all know Manny changed. Everybody saw it, and he found God, and he's like, you and he know, ain't knocked someone else. Nah, in. he's not like that's that's crazy. Well, here goes our second what if. Bring it back to the game. What if Manny knocks out Floyd? What happens? Oh my God! The internet would break. Yep. The internet would break. Shout and go to RaisinBabe.com because I'm gonna have some amazing T-shirts on there if we lose it. Yes, yes. Yo, <laughs> I'm sure uh, the money team will appreciate Floyd knocked out on a on the front of a T-shirt. <laughs> I, yo, yeah. I'll be the first one to buy it. I'll give you my PayPal <laughs> now. Have them in stock. <laughs> oh my God. What if, what if the judges screw one of the fighters? Like, what oh, if there's, like, man. a Timothy Bradley-type situation Yeesh. going on? Then you know what? Then I'm predicting that there'll be another stampede at the MGM. Oh, man. The, the people will go buck crazy. You know, they will start throwing things. They will stampede. It could be a big problem at the MGM if the, if the judges screw this over. Yo, don't wish that upon me, man. I got to make it to the to the press room. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. It's it's already crazy when Mayweather fights. It's like it's already like freak dick meets like some crazy single to mile weekend. Like it's gonna be all kinds of craziness if that happens. I'm not ready for that. Thank oh. God there's only 500 public tickets. It's a right. bunch of corporate suits about to stampede me. 
Hey, it's going to be Mark Wahlberg fight with Rick Ross. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> so, Michelle, obviously there's a ton of stuff going on that week. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Raging Babes. Well, I am having my fifth Raging Babe event. It's called the Raging Babe Soiree, Reaching New Heights. And it's going to benefit the Nevada Boston Hall of Fame. So I'm actually donating a percentage of all of my financial sponsorships that I get for this event to the Nevada Boston Hall of Fame to allow them, you know, to keep doing wonderful things. Um, and we're also honoring Michelle Corrales Lewis, who is the widow of champion boxer Diego Corrales, who we all love and miss so dearly in our sport. And she is also now the COO of the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. So she's just doing a lot of big things in boxing. She's making moves low-key. And it's important that we recognize her and that we honor Diego. And so we invited about 120-some women in boxing, in professional boxing, whether she's a publicist, uh, whether she has a website, a manager, promoter, fighters, wives, girlfriends, if they work for a network, HBO, um, Showtime, they've all been invited. This is not, you know, uh, how should I say, it's not a biased event, it's for all the women in boxing, and we get together and we exchange business cards and we network and we're building our own foundation. But the best thing is, is that we get to share our war stories and we get to share our triumphs in this sport. And a lot of us now, because of these events, we now work with each other. And we're now passing on to each other different leads and different projects. And that's always what it was supposed to be about. It was uplifting, empowering women in boxing, encouraging us to keep going in this male-dominated sport. So we have, we're going to have a great dinner, then we're taking a ride on the hot roller, and then we're ending the night at, at uh, Sprinkles Cupcakes for a treat. So it's going to be a fabulous evening. I'm so looking forward to it. Wow, that sounds amazing. Like, yeah. This is one of the times Wack being a guy for a quick second. Like, I don't get to go to none of this stuff. I have a heart attack on a high roller, but it's all right. It's a night just for us. And you would be surprised how many fighters, how many husbands, how many men in boxing email me, tweet me, hey, can I come? I'll pay for my own seat. And I'm like, no, you you can't come. Like, this is, this is our fishbowl. This is our night to be in our own little fishbowl and to share our stuff, you know, with each other and have girl talk and have fun with it and drink margaritas and let our hair down, you know. So, But it's funny because after dinner, you know, some of, the, some of the husbands come through, some of the fighters come through, and it's nice, you know, afterwards they come through, but um, it'll be a special night. Yo, I feel like it's the Little oh, Rascals Clubhouse. Yes, it's a... Yeah. I'm just up. <laughs> I'm coming as Medea. Y'all will not notice me. I'm going to infiltrate the Raisin Babes dinner. <laughs> It's the only time that I give Tyler Perry props on this. I'm coming. You you will see me at this dinner trying to see what's going down. Full beard. Like, he ain't even shaving the beard before. Nah, it's not like women don't have beards, right? <laughs> I, I know, and our fans and listeners probably don't, you won't be here for the actual fight, but before you go and you go spend the day with your family and enjoy it, are you turning up on Thursday or Friday? What are you doing? It, it's... It's Floyd and Manny weekend. You got to have at least a little uh, bit of a turn up. Yeah. Well, okay, so Wednesday night is my soiree, and we are going to be turning up. I mean, we have unlimited margaritas on deck. 
sounds like a plan uh we need to get together and watch avengers or something i can't go all weekend without seeing that so if y'all go you let me know you know uh, andres is fancy and he's about to go see it like what this weekend yeah i've seen it like monday i got an advanced screening for the avengers so see i ain't that cool if we got to do this like normal folk we'll go to the movie theaters and we'll chill Yeah, we got to go. Yeah, we'll be there. And then Friday night is the top rank card. So, yeah, you got a lot to do. You're going to be working. Yeah, yeah. You know, work first, turn up second. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, whatever. It's going to be a little bit of both. It's going to be hard to make it to the fight on Saturday. I know that much. Oh, that's going to be rough. Uh, Thank you for taking time out to join us, Michelle. It was great. The ladies ran the podcast today. Uh, thank you so much, and look forward to seeing you next week. Wait, Michelle, tell, tell, people, where to, tell oh. people where to find you at. Of course. Okay, well, first of all, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I love when things are light and fun like this, and you can laugh and bullshit. So keep doing what you're doing. I love your whole format. Um, my website is RaisingBabe.com. You can follow me on Twitter at M underscore RaisingBabe, and I'm on Instagram at RaisingBabe as well. So make sure you give me a follow. And I'll shout you out. All right, everyone stay tuned. We're coming back with some more talk. Thank you, Michelle, again. Welcome back. We're going to talk WWE this segment, but you know what? During the break, Andreas kept laughing at me because maybe I misspoke last week on the podcast. You know, it's almost taken out of context, and uh, he wants to constantly remind me of this. So we're going to talk UFC, and more specifically, UFC on Fox 15. Don't believe anything he says from here on out. Oh, you just trying to soften the blow. Is that what you're doing? No. Nah, I can't not. let you lead into a segment yep. with that kind of bullshit. Yo, listen. Let's, I, I don't know what you're talk. talking about. What happened last week? Who'd I don't you know, pick? yo. You picked Patrick Cummins to knock out over Insane Proof. Is that on tape? Is that, it is. is. That on? And, it, yo, you edit this shit, so you can go back and punch go. it in if you want to. <laughs> go go listen to last week's podcast. And, and I ain't say it. Okay. You picked Patrick Cummins. You, you swore Patrick Cummins was like this... This some kind of great guy coming up in the light heavyweight division. I told you he was going to get two by St. Peru. What happened? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. What happened? Um, You know, St. Peru landed a nice, nice punch. And what happened? You know, it might have been God a knockout. It might have been a knockout. The boy went to sleep, right? Cummins went to sleep. 
He went to sleep. Is he the future? He ain't the future. He ain't he ain't the future. And I thought it was better than that. He showed some good wrestling. I was hopeful for a second. What? And then Ovin St. Pru put his lights out and it was ugly. And I was like, man. And as soon as it happened, I went to Twitter. Cause I was I was already prepping to talk trash to yeah, you. Yeah, you too, were bro. too. Like I, I sent I out you. I sent out that tweet like early in the fight. Like, yo, I'm just gonna ravage Andreas's mentions when Cummins wins this fight. And then the KO happened, and I had to hit Twitter, and I was just like, so about that. Like, I felt bad for you. Yo. <laughs> the, day, the day that you made that decision to open your mouth and say that Patrick Cummins is gonna beat Ovin St. Prue, because first of all, I thought you were joking. No, that's serious. Who in their right mind thinks Patrick Cummins is going to beat Ovin St. Prue? Ovin St. Prue's bigger and more athletic, and Cummins just got his ass beat. By Cummins' him. wrestling skill, I thought, would uh would really come out in that fight. Yeah, okay. I mean, you don't look at people like Daniel Cormier and be like, oh, he's just going to wreck shop on everyone that's not Bones Jones, but he does. Kel, you're going to have your own segment called Kel's Bullshit Predictions. Bold bullshit predictions. This is what you're good at. You're going to make some more nonsensical decisions. Yo, that was a legit prediction. It didn't go my way. Yeah, I don't think anybody was rolling with you on that. Nah, I was probably on a, out on a limb by myself. But, Ovin St. Pru proved me wrong. And you know what? He looks like a, a good contender in that division. Now. Yeah, he's solid. I mean, he's, he's a little sloppy. His striking's a little... He's a little wild. But he's strong he as He timed that punch. Yeah. Incredible, and and he said post fight like, "Yo, we worked this. This was in a game plan. We knew this was gonna put him out." Did you forget he knocked out Shogun? No, I remember he knocked out Shogun. That was and nasty. You thought Patrick Cummins was gonna? Do I that? thought he had a chance. Right. I, I thought he was gonna make it ugly. I thought the ground and pound was gonna take over. And in the first, like, I saw some of the slams, and the wrestling skills were there. But Ovens, I, I didn't give him credit for what he's learned as a wrestler. And the way that he sprawled, the way that he got out of some of those takedowns, he was up so quick. And you just saw it in Patrick Cummins' face like, yo, he won't stay down. He'd be like, I can pick him up, I can throw him around, but I can't get anything after that. And it was just a shock that came to his face. Like, yo, this is going to be deadly because I can't stop him from getting back to his feet. And then it was only a matter of time before he did get knocked out because I thought he can, you know, control the pace, get him on the ground, ground and pound, put him out that way. I thought Ovens wouldn't be able to, you know, move his hips and get out of the tight positions, and I was wrong. You were he, wrong. He was never on his back, and the kid did his thing. Don't you ever pick against me again. <laughs> don't don't pick ever... against you, I'm sure, on this, on this podcast right here. Once we start talking 186, I'm sure I'm going to pick against you yeah. again. But let's talk about that Fox card and how it was a great card for a free card. Amazing card. Stacked it. Even with the Romero injury, you still had a great card. So, from what you watched, who was the, who was the brightest star to come out of that card for you? Oh, I mean, a lot of people really came up and starred, but Rocco has to had to have had the best performance, top top to bottom. I mean, dominant. He's he's got to he's got to be that next guy to to get a shot at Wyman. I'm salivating for that match. And, and I think, I've always said that's the type of fighter that it take to beat Weidman. It has to be someone who's as big as him. Someone who has the frame that isn't physically, I, I guess, just physically smaller than Weidman. Because even Silva, like, Silva couldn't do anything with Weidman. Because his frame, his strength, he cuts so much weight. That, that wrestler's mentality. 
Rockhold's not going to have that problem. Nah, he's I, a big dude. I, I mean, I didn't. Think, I, I, I thought he was going to beat Machida, but I just didn't think he was just going to run him over like he did. No one does that to Machida. But you know what this makes you do? It makes you go back and look at when Vitor Belfort knocked him out in Brazil, and you go, what the? What was Vitor taking? I know it's, what he was taking. It's TRT and something else. There's a mixed drink somewhere in Vitor's fridge. One hell of a cocktail. Yo. It's like TRT and Pina Colada all in one. I, I, I don't He know. was on it. Yo. And yeah. that Vitor, I, that Vitor could beat Chris White. Non-TRT Vitor? No. No chance. He's not going to beat Chris White. But you know what? When I looked at the card, there were two guys that really stood out. Other than Rocco, Max Holloway for what he did to Cub Swanson. Yo, that was impressive. I... I was wrong right there again. I picked Cub, but I, I picked it like split decision. I thought it was just going to be like an all-out brawl um, in a war. Ugh, Holloway is uh, really, really showing that he's back. Like, he's, he took that Connor joint to the heart, and he's, he's really showing that, like, yo, that's not me. He wants to run through the division. He, he wants to shot at Connor again. I mean, you look at Holloway. He's young, and he got all his lumps when he was young. He lost to Poirier when he was young. Yeah, he lost to McGregor when he was young, and now he's more refined. And he showed it. He looked damn good against Cub Swanson. And I thought Cub was going to win that fight because Cub's a hell of a fighter. But Max Holloway looked damn, damn good. And he's a scary guy for that division. What do you think about Paige? Oh, Paige? I mean, Paige is good. That division's wide open. It, it's, it's one of those things where you watch Paige Benzat and you, and you look at a uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And you go, well, nobody could be Ronda Rousey. But... Paige has a potential because she's so young. Paige is wildly young. Like, we're not even seeing prime Paige. No, she just like, started nowhere being near. able to drink. Yeah, like, she couldn't even be on the Ultimate Fighter. But, you know, like, Felice is not really that good. So that win, and she was dominant, but it's like, eh, there's, you know, fight a Carla Esparza or fight a Tisha Torres, and then we'll figure it out. Right now, we got a long way to go with Paige. Well, they're trying to make her the face of that division. I mean, and I know Joanna is not. Yeah, Joanna's not having that at all. No, no, she's she saw that fight and she just smirked. I know it was just a huge smile yeah. on her face. Like, please let me get this chick. But Paige looked good. There's another fight who looked really good. Aljamain Sterling. I've talked about him before. Um, the getting the head arm choke from his back against Yo, so crazy. Dude is tough, man. Funk Jitsu. <laughs> I like Aljamain Sterling, and he has a personality too. Yes, he to does. really go far um, with those skills, like. I said it last week, just talking to the guy, you just believe. You believe that he's going to be somebody in that division. He is. I mean, he definitely is. He, he'll work on a strike, but his jiu-jitsu, he's, he's, he's good, man. I mean, this was a, one of the best top-to-bottom cards. Again, we Jacare just got Kamozi out of there real quick. We didn't have Jacare and Romero, and that card was still great. Oh, yeah. Then you go to UFC 186, which is on Saturday. Now, we got Rampage back on the card. Rampage is back. Can he save it? No, because nobody gives a shit about Rampage Jackson. Not I like don't that. know. Yeah, he's yeah, not I selling mean, pay-per-views, man. No, he's not selling pay-per-views. It's I mean, against Fabio Maldonado. Like, really? It's a fight he could win. So? Give him a fight he could win. And he could howl. Does he deserve to be the co-main event on a pay-per-view? I'll answer that, no. No, probably not. But, you know, due to injuries, yes, he can do it. Because there's no one else that can't. He was supposed people. to be the third fight. 13,000 people are going to buy this pay-per-view. <laughs> no, that's the, it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of the lowest-selling UFC pay-per-views. Everyone's saving up money for Mayweather. And you just came NBA off a playoffs. Free, no, you came off of a free card that was great. Way better. There's no mystery in, in Demetrius Johnson's fight. There's, no. There's no way he loses that fight. Nope. There's no mystery in that. Now, Rampage can knock the guy out. 
and yeah. maybe you get some older fans of the UFC who don't buy, you know, a lot of pay-per-views anymore, you know, may have gone by the wayside, that just hear the name Rampage Jackson and doesn't know that he's a shell of his old self. I just don't, I don't have the money to just shell out to watch Rampage. And then you got Bisping and C.B. Dalloway, which is another fight. I'm like, eh, it doesn't move the needle really. You this know? thing's been talking that talk, though. He he's been trying. He's been talking that talk. Remember he's trying he to sell it. Dan Henderson? Yeah, he that talked was that talk, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. and it's the wrong end. That, this uh, is a free card. Like, this is a fight pass card. Yeah. I mean, not even a Fox card. Not even nah, an nah. FX card. It's, this is a fight <laughs> pass card. This is, this is not a Fox Sports 1 card. This is a, this is a fight pass card. Yo, it's rough, and you know, shout out to Mighty Mouse and all that stuff because I like watching him fight. Yeah, I just want to see him fight someone better. It will wake me up when he fights Dodson again. I'm but sorry. outside of that, I I don't want to buy this. I listen, I'd watch it. I don't want to buy it. This is one of those great. Yo, let's go to the bar. So the NBA game is on, the UFC joint is on, everything is on at the same time, and you don't got to pay out of pocket. Bro. I mean, it's going up against. I mean, it's not like the the. the Spike TV card is like the greatest boxing card ever with Darrell and uh, Danny Jacobs headlining. But it's just, I mean, at least it's some kind of suspense. This, this card is just, it's weak. But yeah. this is what happens when you stack cards. You have injuries and you get stuck with a pay-per-view nobody wants to pay for. Yeah, and I'm surprised, you know, because 187 is so stacked yeah, that man. no one is physically ready and could have just bumped up to it's take crazy. this one. Well, they don't want to mess with that card. It's just gonna. I mean, that card's gotta stay intact. Right after, like, as soon as we roll off of Mayweather Pacquiao, we're gonna be talking John Jones and Anthony Rumble Johnson. Yeah, immediately. Immediately, like, no, we got no disrespect to Canelo and uh, my Mexican fans out there. No, nah, because Canelo's but, gonna beat the shit out of James Kirkland. Yeah, we're James just Kirkland, like, yo, whatever on that. Kirkland one. without Ann Wolf is nothing. So, we're, we're gonna watch that fight, but it's all about Rumble and, and John. As Jones. soon as Mayweather's over, it's like, okay, let let's see what uh. Yeah. Blow Nose Jones does. I mean, we're, we're going to spend, you know, the next week writing think pieces on Mayweather and Pacquiao because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be like when Kendrick Lamar's album dropping, everybody's just writing think pieces. And <laughs> everybody's the smartest person in the world because they knew shit about boxing. We're going to have a lot of time listening to people who don't know shit about boxing tell us all these great things of how they knew who was going to win. It's going to be the dumbest shit in the world. Yo, it's going to be crazy, and I'm glad that we're going to have, like, all the memories and everything because that's the only thing that's going to get me through it like if i didn't go to the fight and i still had to cover it and read all these pieces and write a piece a day and i wasn't even in the building damn it make me mad yeah it, it's gonna be rough but i mean like i said as soon as we get through man with the pack out i'm excited i just got my credential confirmation and it reminded me that jones and rumble is right around the corner oh i got mine today too yeah, shout was, out to you yeah so it's like yeah i'm ready i'm, I'm ready for that um and that's going to be exciting. But, but you know what there is to watch next weekend? In case UFC is a little disappointing, we have WWE next weekend. We do. And that I am excited for. Extreme Rules. You coming. excited for that? Yo, I'm excited for Extreme Rules. Why? Because it's free? Oh, oh, it is free. Network for $9.99? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're excited about? Listen, I pay my nine ninety nine. I do too, but... And on. I just want to see where everyone goes. This is like that first step where you say, okay... This is where we're headed to SummerSlam. This guy's getting buried. This guy isn't. This guy's going to get his push. This is going to answer a lot of questions. And, you know, maybe I don't want to watch Big Show versus Roman Reigns. But it's going to tell me where they're going with Roman Reigns. I don't think it is. You want to know why? Why? Because payback's in three weeks after Extreme Rules. Three weeks. Three weeks another damn pay-per-view. I don't know what we call these things. I don't know. They're free. But Extreme Rules is one of those cards where I don't care. It's like a glorified SmackDown? 
Yeah, because Roman, you got Roman Reigns and Big Show. We know pretty much know who's going to go over. Randy Orton and Seth Rollins in a cage match. Randy Orton can't use his RKO. We know how that's going to end without the RKO. We know that somebody's going to screw Orton out of this match. There's no way Orton becomes a champion over Rollins. No. Uh, Cena and Rusev, I'd love to see Rusev winning a Russian chain match. What do Russian chains look like? Yo, it looks like just a normal-ass chain. Like, you really? saw him, like, you know, kind of choke Cena this past week. Yeah, it was a normal-ass chain. Yo, that chain. shit looked like a bondage scene in a, in a, in a, in a porno. <laughs> yo, like, Cena's face was incredible during that. His nose was all smashed. Like, yo, but anyway... <laughs> I just was kind of confused. A Russian chain match. It could have been a Chinese chain match. It could have been a Yo, anything. Filipino it's, chain match. The chain gang. It wouldn't matter. It's, <laughs> it's the same goddamn chain. What, what are we doing here? Ain't shit rushing about that chain. Nothing at all. But does Cena lose the strap? No. No. No, no, no. Cena's but he not should, losing. though. He should drop it back to Rusev. I mean, Cena. It won't happen. There's no other storyline for Cena right now. They're going to milk no. this Cena-Rusev storyline until SummerSlam. But then, then we got what, what we have to do with Daniel Bryan. What's going to happen with him? That's the question mark. DB's health. Do they take the belt off him? Yes. Does Bad New Barrett take it and, and run with it? And I don't know. You try to give it to who after I've that? already told you this. And you, you, oh, God. Another Dolph Ziggler story? God damn it, yes. Oh, man. But, you must have loved Raw last week. Raw was good. But, um, man. I, Boy it, Ziggler with the zigzag. Yes, man. I hate the zigzag as a finishing move. And I don't got anything against Dolph Ziggler. That's a whack finisher. Nah, I've seen worse. I, I mean, I've seen worse. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not great. It's, Look it's, how you just, <laughs> it's not the greatest finish. Like, he sells it well. It looks good somewhat when he does it. It's just, somewhat. It's, it's just kind of weird, dude. Finn Balor know. has that move, and it's like sixth in his move set. Yeah, yeah, you know, let's not talk about that. Let's just talk about <laughs> Daniel Bryan and the future of Daniel Bryan right now because it really looks like that we may be seeing the end of Daniel Bryan. Yo, that'd be sad. I mean, what... I guess he'd go to like more of a corporate role and just talk, and so you get yes chance and people show up, and he can be the anti-authority, but that's pretty much all you can get out of him until you can guarantee he's 100% healthy. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel bad because it's like Daniel Bryan just kind of, he worked so hard to get to these points, and it's like as soon as he gets the belt, he gets hurt. And it's, he's a liability now. They can't put a title on. Nah, he's like D Rose. I'm, I'm, he's the D Rose of the WWE. Yeah. Like, yo, he's back, and then he's gone. Yeah, and so he wins MVP. DB wins the belt, and then he's gone. Like, you, you get so hyped because you can see him for a month, a month and a half, and be like, yo, I see the glimpses of what he was. I think he's back. I'm hyped for it. And people buy in, and the yes chance come back, and merch is selling out the window, and people are pushing. Give him the belt at WrestleMania, and then he's gone. Yeah, it, I mean, again, man, it's, it's, we're getting to the point where you got to wonder, is this it for D-Bry? And it's like, it, it hurts to see this dude who get, he gets a title that's a working title. If he comes back, he just can't wrestle that style anymore. He's got to change his style. That reckless, he can't be diving out of the ring anymore. Like, yeah. Daniel Bryan just can't. There's a lot of stuff he can't do. There's also, um, the weird thing about the, what's going on right now is the Divas division. What in the world is going on? Ah, uh, Naomi? She's a heel, right? Yeah. Which I don't, I don't mind. And I told you the Bellas are going face. And that's stupid. I nobody told you. The, nobody likes the Bellas. No one likes the Bellas. Not, and they're the worst faces ever. They're terrible. But they're going to push them as faces because they sell hurt. on the show. Oh, man. The page is hurt. So, like, everybody's hurt. Okay. Oh, well, Paige ain't hurt. She's filming a movie. What? Uh, yeah, that's Her right. and The Miz. Yeah. 
That's terrible. But um, <laughs> Miz Dow. Miz Dow is actually pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't well, mind Miz Dow as the IC champion. Well, we got to see how he does without Miz because he's been, you know, he yeah, he's been so like, he's going back to Sandow. Yeah, man. well, whatever. But the Divas Division, why are they not? Where's Charlotte? Where's Sasha Banks? Yo, if there was any time to bring him up, no. this is the time to bring him up. Nobody wants to, dude. The Bellas, like Nikki Bella versus Naomi, is cool if they, you know, Naomi as a heel is cool, but Nikki Bella sucks as a face. Yo, I'm all for Sasha Banks. Bring her up. Yeah, I mean, I like hashtag Sasha. boss. Yeah, they didn't even figure out this Divas division. It's trash. Yo, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get pizza during that match. Like, what? Divas, every WWE card is my go-to, run to the store, get some more juice. Oh, yeah, it's always a... Get some food. Bathroom break. Let's go. Pete match. Yep. That's, that's what that is. Quick and easy. Hey, New Day is going heel. New Day? Yo. Yo. The New Day at Extreme Rules? In the Tag Team Championship match against Kid and Cesaro, where Kid and Cesaro will guarantee to be the faces in that match. Oh, yeah. And New Day... New Day might get the straps. They may get the belts. What are you going to do with the New Day as champions? You got to change their damn name. That's what you got to do. Oh, no, you can't change. You got to embrace it at this point. I'm going on Twitter. I'll tell you that much. As soon as they win, they're going to have the most legendary black Twitter rant ever. I hope so. Yo, can't tell them nothing. Big E. Hey, Big E's That dude, he can go. Big E can go. Big E with the belt. The belt don't even fit him, by the way. I mean, look at him. <laughs> Yo, that dude makes me uncomfortable. When he wears his little singlet, he... That's what is really it with the singlet? I don't know, man. He's too oh, big. Oh, God. We got to have like a whole segment on poor wrestling attire. Yeah, man. He's got that's going to be our pound for pound one. Yeah, week. that dude needs The some worst jeans. wrestling outfits right now because Big E is leading that category. Man, he needs some denim or something. Oh, God. He's just, it's way too much showing right now. Like... He needs to package it in a little. Yeah, like, that's enough. You're, you're a little too big for that, my yeah, man. A pair of slacks. It's a big dude. Something. Go with the whole church gimmick and just put on a, a pastor outfit. Something. So we just had Raw this week. And I thought was a, you know, it's another one. It's like we're in this weird post-WrestleMania funk. And we just watched, we're watching Kane possibly turn face. Which, guess, you know, I like the Kane push right now. It could make sense. Yeah. I don't know. Does he get the mask back? Does he turn the whole Kane? Um, but then how long does that last? Hellfire and Brimstone Kane. I, Triple H hinted towards it. But more importantly, the curb stomp is banned? No more curb stomp. You know what? I thought it was like soft move when I first saw it. It's so fly, though. Like, now that it's gone, I miss it. No, it was unique to Seth Rollins. It was. And now, now we got the ugly joint. Then what is this? This belly flop, face first, DDT bullshit? Look. Seth Rollins as a champ, the curb stomp was a champion move because nobody else had it. Nope, it was unique, but you know why? You can't have kids running around curb stomping people in the elementary school yard like it's the stunner. Man. Yo, someone's tying their shoe? Listen, if I was five, I I know the stupidness I did when I was a youngster. Let someone be in a playground tying their shoe right now. I would have ran up, curb stomped them. Ah, take that. They would have missed their whole front row of teeth. I'd be like, yo, we're good. We're young. It grows back. Man, I don't know, man. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like it Seamus, been gone. Seamus broke kicks people in the face all the time. I mean, yeah, but how many kids can broke kick someone? I don't know. I, I try it. Yeah, I ain't that flexible. Like, I can curb stomp anybody. But, damn, man. Like, what is what does Rollins do without... He's going to have to, like, get a new finisher. And he can't have a bullshit, like, a fake dirty deeds. 
you know, Roman Reigns is a spear, but whatever. That's all he that's has. A, yeah, that's a whack finisher. You know, it's like he needs a unique finisher. If you're going to be the champ, you can't be DDTing people. No, but Daniel Bryan has a horrible finisher, too. So, well, I mean. I mean, okay. Let's not go too far with that. Because you have, have you ever watched Nakamura pull off this knee? Yeah, well, but you think Daniel Bryan's. Daniel is, Bryan's is, is directly from Nakamura yeah. and NJPW. And I, mean, I like the knee. I like the knee. Nakamura does it better. Boom, yeah, okay, yeah, better. it's a lot better. But. I'm fine and with I, at the stage, once again, when you are the heavyweight champion, some stuff can fly, some stuff cannot fly. A running knee does not scream heavyweight champion. I mean, the running knee is in the yes lock, so it's like you had... Yes lock was dope. You had both he doesn't those. use it enough. But Rollins, I don't know. You, we need the curve stop. He can't, he can't bring out like a flying finisher, right? Like I mean, he could. He, was, he flew around the ring with his ROH as Tyler Black. Yeah. You know, but as heavyweight champion, well, can no. you sell that? Champs don't. And that's where that's why the curb stomp was so amazing. Yeah, because it was a heel move. Yes, it was a douchebag move. Yo. In an American history, <laughs> ex- Edwin Norton. That's a that's what that was. You just hated that guy just because he curb stomp yeah, people. Heels like, don't high fly. You, no. you don't see high flying heels. So yeah, they're gonna have to. I don't know what they're gonna do with that new move. Is ugly. That shit was terrible, man. Before we go, who's Bray Wyatt talking to? I've been wondering this. I don't know. <laughs> Who is he talking to? Yo, do we I, find out at Extreme Rules? I, I need. Th- how many times are they gonna have him not wrestle and just speak to a camera for two months? I don't know. Is he gonna reveal that Bo Dallas is his brother and these guys can be attacked? Like, what are we doing with Bray Wyatt? Yo, is he talking about Bo Dallas? He can't be talking. He's about not him. talking about. Him. But I don't know what he's talking about. Bo leave. Hey, <laughs> whatever, whatever we can figure out. Like, I don't think we're gonna really figure out what we're doing with Bray Wyatt until like Money in the Bank. Okay, but see, the next pay per view is. Three weeks away. Payback, yeah. So it has to be at payback. And my thought process is Roman Reigns honestly can't fight the big show for more than another week. Jesus Christ, no, I hope not. So if Wyatt comes out and interferes in Roman Reigns' match. That's no good, though. And it's him versus Roman. I, I can live with that. But, but that's, you want to know why that's no good? We can't have Bray Wyatt losing Lose the game. You yeah. can't. You got to put him against somebody he's going to be. So Roman Reigns, no, sorry. Big show's enhancement talent. That's who he is now. He, big Show is always the guy that the up and comers got to beat, and everybody goes, "He can't beat the Big Show. He's too big." And then he beats him. That's like it's commonplace. It's normal. Yeah. Wyatt, on the other hand, he needs to truck a few guys um, and become this face of fear. I don't, I don't even know what it means anymore. I don't know. Like, I, I like personally the follow the buzzards line better yeah. than face of fear. Like, he's kind of like cutting out all of the dope stuff he used to do, and then the Wyatt family was so dope. Like, I, I don't know where he's going right now. You know who's now. the biggest loser of the Wyatt family breakup? Eric Rowan. Oh, yeah. Rowan's getting buried, though. Rowan looked great when he had the mask on. He was rolling yeah. with the family. Now that he's like a face with a high IQ and does like Rubik's Cubes, this is stupid. I don't understand that. This is dumb. Like, he got like two seconds on Raw last week, and he was eating a sandwich. And it's like, okay, you know what? Yo, it, it's, it better be... It better be fixed this weekend. That's but, what I'm saying. That's why I'm watching. Well, bottom line is, post-WrestleMania is always a lot of trash. We get a lot of just, like, holdover stuff until SummerSlam. So we're just going to work towards Summer And Money in the Bank. So we're just kind of wait till Money in the Bank. I know in about a month, the last thing we could really talk about is, have you heard about this? the War of the Worlds card? ROH and, and Yes. Woo! I saw the lineup. Man. Our next show. Listen. We'll as, soon as, we get, as soon as we get past all this Floyd stuff, yeah. We're going to go ROH heavy. So ROH all our wrestling heavy. people, yo, stick stick with us. Yo. Yeah, we yeah. got y'all. If you're a wrestling fan, now is the time for you to watch PWG, ROH, NJPW. Now is the time to try to find, even watch TNA. TNA yo, is a four-way anything. tag match? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yo, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Through the Bucks. 
Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yo, yo, we'll, we'll get to that next, oh, next yeah. podcast. Yeah, we've been we've wasting too much time. Yeah, listen, listen. Look. Everyone, thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you to our two amazing guests today. The right. ladies came through and really showed out. I'm Kel Dansby on Twitter, at Kel Dansby. Yes, and I'm Andreas Hale, at Andreas Hale, simplest thing ever. Look, thank you for listening again. I know you probably have some better shit to do. Um, yo, it's I, a long podcast, yeah. yo, but I think we're entertaining. I, hope I so. said some less stupid shit because I don't think I say stupid shit. But I, according I to you, know. you know, I, I don't know. I'm gonna go home and play some Mortal Kombat X, and um, we'll I need your gamer it. tag though. You catch his fade. Don't do this to yourself. Yo, yo, well, we'll let you know what happened on Twitter. Indeed. You guys check iTunes, check SoundCloud, The Corner Podcast, LSN, Loudspeakers Network. Yes, sir. Yo, we're we're a little bit of everywhere right now. Thank you guys for joining us. Next week, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, it's going down. Woo! We're out. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling.